Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash comedy podcast network. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the Sports 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 Podcast. I am Joel Anderson. I'm Jordan Pomaville. And joining us, as always, is weighing in at 185 pounds. Oh, you flatter me. Six foot three. The one, the only sports outsider, Phil Ranta. Hi. I think you missed college. That's the only other thing from the University of Michigan. Yep. Born in <laughs> Lansing, Michigan, May yeah. 3rd, 1982. You born in Lansing? Yeah. Seriously? We were born in the same hospital then. Yeah. Unless, I mean, I guess, were you born in a hospital in Lansing? Oh, no, I was born in the gutter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was born amongst trash. So, uh, you, me, and Magic Johnson, Phil, all born at Sparrow. Uh-oh. Right? It was Sparrow, right? That's the only hospital. I don't know. Whatever the... Phil, do you have any sports-specific memories the day you were born? No, I'm a sports outsider, <laughs> so I don't know anything about sports. That's the premise of the show. Oh, Juan. I don't have any sports-specific memories of the day Then you're I not a born. true fan. <laughs> I, I could look some up. That would but, be cheating. <laughs> see, March of 1984, 1982. The Tigers were about I didn't exist yet, and therefore sports didn't exist yet. <laughs> the world revolves around me. Tim Tebow, update, watch, update, sales pitch. <laughs> Tim Tebow, update, watch, update, alert. Brought, w- what? Sales pitch. <laughs> Sale, l- listen. <laughs> hey, I buy a Tim Tebow here, 49, 49, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50 over here. Brought to you by Bettos, feel the rush in your mouth. Sales pitch. Just once in a while, pay attention it's, to the intro hey, line. listen. We, 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 we have an amateur guy who came in to replace roy i'll say oh yes. the roy plot line oh man i know everyone's been clamoring oh, they for roy yeah. updates. people people probably listen you want a roy update he's at home right now depressed as hell and unemployed that's oh, the holiday season there's lots of people staffing up the Walmart. philadelphia eagles have one healthy quarterback former usc superstar matt barkley this is because their backup quarterback nick Foles has a concussion and their starting quarterback is michael vick <laughs> Um, who Michael Vick is actually hurt, uh, though, right? Yes, he re- re- injured his left hamstring. Aside from being bad, he's hurt. Well, no, he's always hurt. That's he's not yeah. just dogging it. No, <laughs> no he's not. Phew. <laughs> if neither are ready to go, they would have to sign another quarterback for some depth. Uh, they already signed practice squad QB G.J. Kinney. Ah, G.J. Kinney. Who is that? Why is G.J. is a very awkward um, abbreviation for a name. I'll say. doesn't roll off the tongue. A nope. little difficult to say. G.J. Is he like the new Invincible? Is this uh, like a... Philadelphia area bartender. He's or? invincible. He's the field goal kicking, garbage picking Philadelphia <laughs> phenomenon. <laughs> what? That was a made for television movie starring Tony Danza as the garbage picking, field goal kicking Philadelphia phenomenon. Whoa. Uh, I wish I knew a lot more than I do know. Uh, Chip Kelly said of his quarterback situation, I don't have the final answer now. Looking for a quarterback, eh? Someone to run your spread and shred? <laughs> Maybe someone who accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Ooh, I know who it is. Wait a minute. Okay. Right now, his options are Jeff Garcia, who's uh, been cold calling NFL teams. 
Don't see him as a <laughs> God-fearing man. Six years? <laughs> and Brett Favre, whose sources say have, has become a bit of a diva off his Wrangler jeans fame. That uh, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's good. They it's look gone. good on him. So yeah. here's your answer, Phil. Timothy Richard Tebow. Oh, T.R. Tebow. T.R. Tebow. You know, T.R. He's only one everywhere he's gone. Yeah. And he'd be a good role model for Philadelphia fans who accept him. And an excellent, though evasive, snowball target for Philadelphia fans who do not accept him. Right. Oh, but imagine the cheesesteaks he could eat. Cheesesteaks as far as the eye can see. Nice thing about being an eagle. You're always very close to being just a snowball target. Really? Really? Uh, Or like, basically... Nick Foles and Michael Vick will be back soon, right? You don't need a good role model. Uh, you don't need a good uh, reliable starter. You need a band-aid with religious imagery. Yeah. You need you need Tim Tebow. Will give he'll give uh, Philadelphia fans someone to blame, uh, someone to cheer, <laughs> and most most importantly, someone to blame. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. I not even on Tim Tebow do I wish the Philadelphia fans. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is that is uh, that bad. Yeah. The Philly fans are notoriously infamously hideously awful to people that's why i'm named after the glo- the the go-to cliche is they they booed santa claus they booed and santa threw, claus. threw snowballs at santa claus was it because he wasn't real They're like <laughs> you're figuring my imagination I, they they i don't know where they got that accent from yeah oh <laughs> uh, what that's <laughs> not the south i'm not going geography uh, but anyway, earlier this year, the Seattle Seahawks, you know, set the record. We covered it for the loudest stadium cheer. Yes. So can Philadelphia set the record for the loudest stadium jeer? Ooh. Ooh. Listen to that. Most garbage thrown at an active player? <laughs> Is it possible for low register? In fairness, like, you know, like eight of the top ten of that record yeah. are already held by Philadelphia. They want to wipe out, you know, it's like having all the video game scores, high scores. They right. want all of them to say Philly. F- Absolutely. F, uh, F. Number six P-H-I. is, I believe, P-H-I. Santa Claus. That's what I type in when I win in a video game. What? P-H-I. P-H-I. Abbreviation for Philadelphia. Yeah, for Phil. It's not like the Greek letter. And lastly. You son of a it's is not it, like spy on you. Is it possible for low registered booze to be so numerous and thick they coalesce into a physical foggy layer of booze <laughs> that weighs down on players and makes it difficult to see? Boo. Yeah, uh, that's Boo. what happens in Philadelphia. Yeah, the gravity Boo. on the field is actually uh, heavier. Boo. I like the idea of low, low booze consistently. <laughs> yeah, speaking, speaking of the Eagles, I have to... I think it's worth pointing out the Eagles over the last two games. I think no offensive touchdowns or like one offensive touchdown. Well, that's how could that be possible with offensive guru, <laughs> guru Chip, Chip Kelly, Kelly at the helm? Uh, yeah, and you remember remember how there was all those stories after the first one about how Chip Kelly's you know new fast paced offense was on the verge of revolutionizing the NFL? Nope, did not so much work out that way. I don't know if anybody noticed that. Well, but Phil, did you notice this? No, I have no frame of reference. Tim Tebow update, <laughs> watch update. Sales pitch. Tim Tebow, update, watch, update, sales pitch. Brought to you by... Hey, we got your mentos right here. Mentos right here. One dollar for one, two for two dollars. Tim Tebow on sales pitch. Got your mentos. Feel the rest of your mouth. That is not a good price for mentos. I don't know. A dollar for a mentos. A dollar for a single mentos. Well, I think you get the whole packet of them. Oh, if you're talking the whole pack, then that's maybe okay. (laughs) But Vending machine prices. (laughs) Yeah, right? What do we got in the show today? 
Uh, well, uh, going to be interesting. We have, uh, I mean, at this point, you'd have to say legendary MLB umpire, but maybe legendary for not quite the right reasons, Jim Joyce. Oh, right. He had, uh, he was in the uh, perfect game with uh, yes, the Armando game Galarraga. He, he blew the final out of a perfect game call. And that, I mean, one of my favorite moments in sports, the, the next day when Armando was cool to him and Jim yeah. was cool. Uh, but he recently was the one who made the – extremely you know controversial uh, obstruction call that proved to score the winning run in game three of the world series and he's got a guy's first name and a lady's last name <laughs> all jim of these joyce. are true about jim yes. joyce gonna have him in the podcast all right well that's exciting we have news 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 and i believe we're gonna double up on weird sports you're goddamn right we were you're goddamn right we will let's <laughs> do let's do it News, news, news on the Sports, Sports, Sports podcast with Jordan, Joel, and Phil. News, news, news. Washington safety Brandon Merriweather hits him high, hits him low, says he will be better and only hit him low from now on. <laughs> I don't know what that news story could possibly mean. Subheadline, he also has opinions on domestic violence. Uh-oh. <laughs> Look out, world. Merriweather is safety for the Washington, D.C. professional football team, served a one-game suspension on Sunday for two hits he had against the Chicago Bears, Brandon Marshall and Martellus Bennett on October 20th. It was originally two games. He appealed it down to two, maintaining the entire time he did not use his helmet in the hits. What? Uh, there's a lot of new NFL rules okay. about targeting, they're called, where you use your head and hits, you know? You should. You should use your whole body. No, you no, can't anymore yeah. because of, like, concussions, because of head trauma. Uh-huh, oh, people were getting hurt playing football. <laughs> well, people got a hurt on the punk hand. I would, I would like to see Phil doing this to, like, one of the, one of oh, the former fullbacks with CTE. A man with Alzheimer's? Yeah. yeah. Uh, of course, it's pretty bad, Phil. Dude's, like, dude's got priors. Uh, Merriweather was fined for two thousand dollars for a hit against Green Bay Packers running back Eddie Lacy in Week Two. Yeah, he was fined fifty thousand dollars for a hit in twenty ten with New England, and accrued forty five thousand dollars in fines a year later with Chicago. Uh, but don't worry, Merriweather has a plan on how to deal with it going forward. I guess I just got to take people's knees out. Merriweather said Monday Whoa. morning. That's the only way. I would hate to end a guy's career over a rule, but I guess it's better for other people than me getting suspended for longer. You just have to go low now, man. You've got to end people's careers. You've got to tear people's ACLs and mess up people's knees. You can't hit them high anymore. Uh, see, I don't think the choice is hit them in the head or end their career. Yeah. <laughs> whatever happened to wrapping the legs and, and, and making them fall over? Yeah. yeah. Well, and well, here's the thing. In his defense, you can't even really hit him center mass anymore because they got that whole, like, uh, you know, undefensible receiver. And if you hit him in the balls, then they're going to be like, ouch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, he's... He's not, I mean, well, first of all, like, I mean, in terms of targeting with your helmet, and I haven't seen the hits in question, but, you know, I'm totally on board with that. And I think any hit that where you're targeting above the shoulders, I'm totally yeah. on board with. But I think when you then still wind up penalizing people who are, like, leading with their shoulder and just hitting a guy who's coming across the middle of the field, that's when you get to the point where it's like, I can see where they're sort of like, well, what exactly are we doing at this point? Uh, well, Brandon Marshall and Martellus Bennett had issues with the play against him. Uh, uh, Brandon Marshall said, I respect the league trying to better our game. Guys like that, maybe he needs to get suspended or taken out of the game completely. Yeah, well, uh, Brandon Marshall is a mouthy asshole. Well, don't worry, we'll, we'll get into it. Martellus Bennett said later in the week that he wanted to punch Merriweather. And then this I have no particular opinion. So Merriweather, <laughs> Merriweather responds, he feels like I need to be kicked out of the league. I feel like people who beat their girlfriends should be kicked out of the league, too. Oh, 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 oh. Wow, that was a low blow. Brandon Returns Marshall fire. <laughs> has been arrested multiple times on alleged domestic abuse charges, but has never been convicted. 
Luke. That's a shot. In that case, that guy should be kicked out of the league. He, I'm on the other dudes, the non-wife <laughs> yeah. side. You tell me who you'd rather have, Merriweather said, someone who plays aggressive on the field or someone who beat up their girlfriend. Because everyone knows you've got to put a ring on it if you want to beat her. <laughs> Never mind. No, no. I don't like no, either. No, that was, I made I up the last part. <laughs> okay, up. phew. Last part was a joke, guys. It sounded like it wasn't a joke. Well, if I'm an offensive skill player, I'm going to go with the domestic violence guy. I mean, I'm looking out for my career now and especially my knees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I am going to go with the wife beater on the field. Uh, Brandon Marshall, of course, responded to this uh, via Twitter. There is only one way to avoid criticism. Do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing. Hashtag Machine Marshall. Ha-ha! Like the sentiment, don't think it applies to beating your girlfriend. (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So so what he's basically saying is like, man, this is ridiculous. In order to insulate myself from criticism, I have to stop beating my significant other. What kind of a world I thought this was America. Yeah. Okay, Joel, you'll like this. Here's the best quote of the story. Uh, Meriwether has explained the hits. They told me to use my shoulder. I use my shoulder. I still get fined, and they say I use my head, he said. I mean, defenseless running backs? I never heard of a defenseless running back. <laughs> yeah. I think, de- I think he's, he's right. Defenseless wide receiver I get because yeah. they're often in a prone position. Defenseless running back is, is running with the ball. They are, yeah. They're an offense. They're like if a moving if, cannonball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, by, and I think it's by the same rationale, if you're a running back, you should get the ball and close your eyes <laughs> and just sort of run down the field with your eyes closed because uh, as long as you're headed in the right direction, no one can tackle you. Because that would be a hit in a defenseless running back. Michael Irvin didn't get the memo about avoiding inflammatory statements about Native American stereotypes. Uh oh. Oops. Sub le- subheadline: He did get the memo about attention-grabbing pocket squares. <laughs> that guy knows how to dress. Does let's, he? Let's Is he be a good real. dresser. Yeah, yeah. But a racist. I mean, he's a flashy dresser. Oh. The the yeah, it's a little too flashy for my taste. The well, pocket squares as well. The pocket square is a little too loud. His ties are usually spot on. Yeah. I just wouldn't go with a matching pocket square. I That's wouldn't go me. with any of them. Yeah. But then my approach to fashion, <laughs> I think most people would agree that Michael Irvin's more qualified to. We know the NFL has a bit of an image problem with the Washington professional football team name, and Michael Irvin. Didn't what was that team name again? The Redskins. The Redskins. Oh. They're are are you sure, guys? Because that uh, that sounds like a hideous racial slur. That <laughs> they're no talking one about in public. Yeah, savages, yeah. braves. No, apparently, a lot of more media outlets, especially in the Washington D.C. area, have started just calling them the Washington Professional Football Team. Well, how about that? That's uh, nice. The Washington Post for years apparently has called them the Pigskins. Yeah, that's kind of fun. Anyway, Again, pretty reasonable. Michael Irvin didn't make matters any better in NFL Network's Game Day Morning. He insisted that the Cleveland Browns quarterback Jason Campbell personally get down and lead these Browns to a scalping of the undefeated Kansas City Chiefs. Yikes. That, is, that was the quote. Um, but don't Oof. worry, guys. He totally saves it because he goes on to say, and do it in a way that will make everyone say that Campbell is mm-mm good. <laughs> Not a joke. Actually, his follow-up. Oh. I like the Campbell pun on the soup. <laughs> I, I'm on board with that one. I didn't know there was genocide in this soup. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there was inauthentic and offensive Indian headdress in this soup. <laughs> I didn't know there was a horrible history behind certain words in this soup. That's only if the soup was alphabet soup. Yes. In which case, <laughs> you know, here, it tells the endless tales about horrible histories. <laughs> when you scalp someone, you don't necessarily kill them. So if anything, he should be like, you know, hatchet someone to death. My R- God, right, Joel. but he could just avoid the... You don't, you don't want to slice the, the, the top of their, their head off and then leave them to have a fourth quarter comeback, bloody scalp and all. I'm going to go vomit in the toilet for a while. <laughs> I think we're splitting hairs here. Oh, 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 
Oh, that is uh, not, that's not a thing. That's not. A it thing. was very racially insensitive, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. With all this talk about scalping, you come out and say something like splitting hairs. I'm very offended, Jordan. Oh my God, how could you? Power 106, John Calipari pays your bills. Ooh. Ah, big boy in the morning. Uh, University of Kentucky basketball coach John Calipari encouraged students to attend the annual Blue Right. Blue, blue, oh, Jesus. Blue White basketball scrimmage with a hell of an incentive. Of course, to announce his plan, he took to Twitter, Phil. That's good. Social he engagement platform. He said, Attention, UK students. I'm going to award two students who attend our Blue White scrimmage by paying for their undergraduate spring tuition. Whoa. What? It was retweeted by every major chewing tobacco brand, which roughly half of the campus follows. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, is this money laundering or a slush fund? Trick question. They're not mutually exclusive. <laughs> True. <laughs> John Calipari makes $5 million, and it's nice to see him giving uh, some of that money away to non-scholarship athletes for a change. <laughs> uh, it's not like Kentucky is hurting for fans for the scrimmage. Last year, the game attracted over 12,000 fans to Rupp Arena. Calipari is the lure of one of the best recruiting classes in history this year, and its team is ranked number one in the preseason coaches poll. Oh, well, I'm, I got to say, a uh, solid recruiting year from John Calipari, probably totally legitimate. Probably completely. He's, he's probably just out there sitting on couches and making perfectly legitimate offers to student athletes who are going to show up, probably stay all four years, graduate, you know, legitimate you know scholastic achievement during their time there yeah john calamari hashtag ethnic food pun <laughs> for you the listeners of sports 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 podcast audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service I personally recommend a wonderful book called The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins. Joel saw the movie. He said that it was okay. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash comedypodcastnetwork. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash comedypodcastnetwork for your free audiobook. And now it's time for another Weird sports. What do we got this week? Uh, this week's weird sport, monkey baiting. Oh, well, what is it, what's it, this? It, what is this, this, is this exactly what it sounds like? What, monkey baiting? What yeah. do you think it sounds like? A euphemism it, for, for No what? euphemism. I think you're just leaving, you're leaving like peanuts out and then the monkeys come grab them. I've never heard that one before. Monkey baiting is a blood sport involving the baiting of monkeys. Oh, you <laughs> nailed it. Blood sport? Yeah. So I guess there's there's more than just baiting monkeys. The monkeys are the bait. What? what? Yes. You're not talking about masturbating monkeys until they bleed. <laughs> that's, is that what you were talking about? I my, my mind went there when you said okay, monkey baiting. Okay, that's what I was thinking. I mean, spank the monkey is a euphemism for masturbation. And then you had baiting right in there. So I feel like it was a pretty obvious comparison between the two. Let's get a little background on this so we can understand why we were savages in the past. Please. The English were always keen for something new to challenge their dogfighting breeds. This resulted in rather strange fights, in part with completely surprising outcomes. Dog versus monkey was shown to be such a matchup. Wait. I'm assuming so this is a the dog, outcome was surprising. Fight. I'm assuming that the monkey won. 
Oh, this is a dog monkey fight. Right. And the and, monkey won, right? Uh, let's move on, shall we? <laughs> you said surprising outcome. I would be surprised if the dog didn't win. These monkey gladiators proved to be a formidable opponent for the canine <laughs> warriors, owners, and handlers of fighting dogs, frequently underestimated the monkey's abilities. The monkey's intelligence, dexterity, unorthodox fighting style, and gameness proved to overwhelm many canine opponents. This is exactly wow. how I win fights, what you just described. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Intelligence, dexterity, dexterity yep. and unorthodox your, fighting style. Your gayness? But what? <laughs> is that an unorthodox fighting style? Yeah. No, I'm, that's I'm, not the gameness. Gameness. Like, oh, game. Like you, gamesmanship. You yeah. said the thing about Jordan. He said, I just heard gayness. So. Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm actually right now I'm picturing like a press conference to Philadelphia Eagles backdrop. Like, uh, Mr. Vic, what do you hear reports about your uh, continuing dogfighting again? He goes, uh, no, I'm not dogfighting again. Why did you wink there, Mr. Vic? Because he's monkey baiting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just monkey baiting. Off on a technicality. The dogs are not fighting each other. They're fighting monkeys. The reason why I chose this sport is because this Wikipedia article comes with actual honest to God stories. Let's hear them. Let's hear the story of Jack, shall we? Please. The following occurrence is from The Sporting Magazine in the year 1799. <laughs> it was magazines in 1799? The Sporting Magazine. It was full of ads. <laughs> <laughs> A quite unusual fight between two animals was staged in Worcester. The Wait, wager- these are happening in, like, mainland England? I yeah. assumed this was, like, in the... Uh, African English colonies. No, the pictures they show show a lot of people watching this. In a so very they're like importing. Way. They're importing monkeys. They take this seriously. That's probably why the monkeys are so fearsome. They've been removed from their native habitat. Yeah, the wager stood at three guineas, according Wait, to which they bet three Italians. Shut your that mouth. That is ha- oh, horrible. They mouth. were so racist. Shut your mouth. According to which the dog would kill the monkey in most and at most six minutes. The dog's owner agreed that the monkey would be allowed to defend itself with a stick about a foot long. <laughs> so imagine this. Monkey with a stick. Foot long stick. Dog. Everyone's betting on the dog. They're like, I, was, oh, I would bet on the guineas. dog. Even with the stick, I would bet on the dog. You know, I mean, I know we didn't know about evolution then, what we know about evolution now, but I think I may have gone monkey. What, that it's bullshit? What? <laughs> Yes, yeah, so this was this was before the debunking of evolution. Exactly, right. hundreds of spectators gathered to witness the fight. Actually, it was before evolution. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I think the origin of the species came out in the early 19th century. And these, the, and the odds stood uh, at eight, nine, and even ten and one in favor of the dog, which could secretly be subdued. Be, which could actually, no, which could scarcely be subdued before the fight. Lots of people were betting on. This actually, thing. at ten to one, I'm taking the monkey. Okay, that's yeah. fine. That's fair. The monkey, and also I'm telling a story about it, so I think you know it's going to be a rather <laughs> surprising outcome. So you'd be an idiot not to. The monkey's owner took a stick about 12 inches long from his coat pocket and tossed it to the monkey and said, "Now, Jack, pay attention. Defend yourself against the dog." The butcher cried, "Now get after the monkey!" <laughs> yes. <laughs> He let the dog go, and it sprang at the monkey like a tiger. The monkey was amazingly nimble, jumped about three feet high uh, in the air, and when it came down, landed directly on the dog's back. 
bit firmly on the dog's neck, grabbed his opponent's left ear with his hand, thereby preventing the dog from turning his head to bite him. And in this totally surprising situation, the monkey now began to work over the dog's head with the club as he pounded so forcelessly and relentlessly that the dog's skull from the poor creature cried out loudly. In short, the skull's uh, the skull was soon cracked, and the dead dog was carried from the ring. Yet the monkey was only of medium size. <laughs> oh my God. Does it say how quick it went? It sounds like it went pretty quick. It was less than six minutes. <laughs> the monkey Here's murdered the that the, dog. The, the, the monkey wins. There's no time limit, though. This is yes. This is like the spread was 14, and the other team not only covered, they won. <laughs> You know what? I hate to say it, but uh, there's still another monkey fighting story. There's just not the time. What do you mean you hate to say it? There's just not the time. We will make time. What else is on this episode? Bump it. We're hearing another monkey fighting story. We're hearing the story of Jackow Macacow. <laughs> Jackow Macacow was a fighting ape or monkey who was exhibited in monkey baiting matches at the Westminster Pit in London in the early 1820s. He achieved some measure of fame amongst the sporting community. There is a Jacko Macaco, Jacko Macaco, through the sporting community, through his reputed prodigious record of victories against dog. He was described as ashy with black fingers and a muzzle <laughs> that may have derived from his first name from the association with the Jack Tars that brought him to the country. Jacko was reported to weigh 10 to 12 pounds. And was pitched That's against dogs. Yeah, he was pitched against dog up to twice his weight from a bet from 10 to 50 pounds that the dog would not last five minutes. People believed in this. Now, now the dog's getting the, the yes. ass into the bet. According to author William Pitt Lennox, his mode of attack, or rather defense, was at first to present his back or neck to the dog and to shift and tumble about <laughs> until he could lay hold on the armor chest. Jackow Macacow invented the rope dope He was yep. like, hey, uh, you want to jump right up at my neck and just oh, grab it? Yeah. Yes, so. hey, uh, here's my neck. And oh. Yeah, when he ascended to the windpipe, clawing and biting away, which usually occupied him about one minute and a half, uh, and his, if his antagonist was not speedily withdrawn, his death was certain. The monkey exhibited a frightful appearance, being deluged with blood, but it was that of his opponent alone as the toughness and flexibility of his own skin rendered him impervious to the teeth of a dog. This was an immortal monkey. <laughs> Please tell me he escaped under mysterious circumstances and is believed to walk the streets of London even today. We're about a third of the way through the story. Oh my god! Prepare. <laughs> Lennox writes that after several fights, Jack Howe uh, adapted his technique and would soon overcome his canine opponents by leaping directly on the backs and maneuvering himself into position where he could tear at the windpipes while remaining out of reach of their jaws. He's a dog-killing machine. Uh, there was multiple authors that wrote about Jack Macacow. The following <laughs> was a fictionalized account by Pierce Egan from Life of London, in which his heroes Tom and Jerry visit the Westminster Pit in the year of 1820. The dog pit was packed in a few minutes. It would be like an English accent, wouldn't it? Like Cockney? The dog pit was packed in a few <laughs> minutes, and many people were turned away grumbling, as if they had been deprived of the most beautiful sight in the world. They were so disappointed that they could not secure places ahead of time. Jackal Macacow was now presented <laughs> in a pretty small cage and was greeted by shouts and whistles from the spectators. Oi, Jackal Macacow, you go get him, Rumtugger. 
<laughs> he was not even polite enough to bow in the thanks of these signs of approval, which were directed at him alone. Jack Ow had a thin chain around his waist, about two metres long, and was fastened to a steel spike and pounded deep into the ground. And then he was taken from his cage. Immediately after the dog was brought out, it charged directly against the monkey. <laughs> the monkey, however, before the dog reached him, ducked low with dexterity that could have that a, uh, could serve a prized boxer well, and rolled him into a ball in order to withstand the force of collision of the dog. <laughs> Nonetheless, the dog immediately ducked under him and turned him over. At that moment, however, the monkey's teeth cut like a saw into the dog's throat and, uh, like a knife, ripped a large wound. Because of the great loss of blood, which the dogs fought against Jack Macacau suffered, most died shortly afterwards. The monkey very rarely suffered even a slight wound in these fights. It was said that he had such an unbelievably ferocious nature that it seemed expedient to his master to always have the steel plate between him and the monkey in the event that he inadvertently bit his legs. What a monster, said a greasy butcher, who sat there with mouth open, a red nightcap on his head, pointing at Jackal Macaco. I bet a leg of mutton on the monkey. You could strike me down if I ever saw such a thing before that in my life. It is truly astounding. He seems to destroy the dogs with such ease, as if for decades he'd been doing nothing but fight dogs. <laughs> You could fill a small book with similar quotations, which came at the noisy and excited crowd, all of which in- admired the finishing qualities of Jackal Macacau. Some laughed, <laughs> others yelled wildly, Oi! and others, a few people, con- constantly jumped up and down in a kind of ecstasy, <laughs> pounded the canes at the floor, resembled closely to the inmates of a mental hospital who had escaped. From their straitjackets. Jack Howe had finished off 14 dogs in a row. <laughs> but then he was challenged by a canine named Puss, who had a similar record. The dog's name was Puss? I'm sorry. Keep going. They had a taste for irony. Yeah. Puss suffered a lacerated neck, and Jack Howe had his jaw torn off. What? Both died shortly after the match. That was a fictionalized account. Nope. That's Wait. how it really ended. Jackow died. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't stop when the fictionalized account. Um, starting with Jackow had finished off fourteen dogs. That was no longer a fictionalized account. That's how Jackow died. Wait, the fifteenth oh. dog he fought that match in a row. Yes. Where are they getting all these dogs? Fourteen from? dogs in a row, and then Jack. No, he. I'm sure he killed way more than fourteen dogs. As well, well, if he killed fourteen in one day. Yeah, the fifteenth one of that round. That's like fourteen a weekend or something like that. Tore his jaw square off, Jackow. Uh, was like Achilles. He had a heel, and that was his jaw. He was Jaw Achilles. And that comes to an end. Another <laughs> weird So now, uh, one of the few umpires who's a, who has name recognition and one that Jordan and I both recognize because of his history of the Tigers, uh, Jim right. Joyce, uh, who is actually running a little bit late, but I see him coming in. The front door and the yeah, other there, side there of the office. Is. There he is. Jim Joyce. He is headed towards us oh, right no, now. Oh, no. It actually looks like uh, someone dropped a bunch of folders and papers in oh, front of crap. him. It looks okay. like. Well, that might have been. I'm not sure who that was. They're in his way. The folders and papers are in his way. Up. They're, they're picking them up. They're getting out of his way. a lot of papers there. Yep. 
Okay, and he's continuing on. He's continuing on towards us now. Okay. He's and almost yeah, he's just a little yeah. shit. So it's not that oh, big of a hallway. Well, the, 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 the male guy's walking in front of him. Oh, jeez. Uh, he's pushed his cart in front of him. He's, he's making his delivery. So Our male guy's is, really old. Yeah, he's like 87. Uh, he's really slow. He's union, though. Yeah, he's we, not, we can't fire him. We're not getting rid of him, yeah. Okay, letter. He's moving on, and Jim is continuing his path here to the 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 studio where oh, we're going to conduct no. a review. What? Sally got him. Oh shit! She's talking to him right now. She's probably talking about yeah. She's yeah. Made, do, she's doing the the she's the clearly talking about her cat with her cat with yeah. her hands like she's holding a cat, but there's no cat there. This could be days. Once Sally gets going, Jim is Jim is pointing to something behind Sally, and he's moved on. Oh nice! All right, good great, play, great move. That was ni- Nice move, Jim. H- heads right. up, heads up, play. Absolutely. Okay, oh, he's, and he's there's really Gene. Almost, oh, Gene, the scheduling guy. Oh, yeah, Gene's guy. saying hi to him. Oh, Gene is yelling a lot. He probably mispronounced Gene's name. Jean. Yeah, no. It's, Gene, it's, Gene hates it when people do that. Okay. Uh, Gene is still yelling, but Gene, being the scheduling guy, knows. Okay, and Jim right, is, and is back on here, his way. Like, oh, oh yeah. gosh. Oh, see, that's our intern. He spilled coffee on him. Oh, Christ. Oh, he's doing the weird napkin thing where he's putting all the napkins on his chest because he spilled coffee on Jim's yeah, shirt. Yeah, don't, don't do that, especially not our intern. This it is a sexual harassment yeah, suit. Yeah, that feels uncomfortable right there. Yeah. All right. Well, he's all right. He's they're, on they're his blotting. way now. He's, they're blotting. They're done blotting. Yeah. All right. He's past. He's, he's walking near the delivery deck. Uh, he should be here any second now. And oh, what's that? Oh. Oh, geez. That's a, it's a giant Easter Island head. Oh, my gosh. Who, yeah. who ordered that? Was that we, I hope I, that I, was Amazon Prime. Yeah, I did. I don't want to have did. to pay for the shipping I did. on that. It was free shipping. I'm not going to get a giant Easter Island head unless it was free shipping. But in retrospect, I'm not exactly remembering what I'm made glad, me I'm glad to get we it. didn't have our old mailman holding that because he, he would have died. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Cardiac arrest trying uh, to carry that. Though he is going to have to walk into my office, so all right. Well, all right. They're they're going ahead. He, he's 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 okay. They they've moved they've moved the eastern island head there. Yeah. All right. And here he goes. Jim is walking towards us, and he's taking a wrong turn. Jim. No, this way. Jim, the, buddy, the, the over glass here. Door, the one with the headphones. It says studio. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here he comes. He's he's right outside now, folks. We're almost ready for our interview with Jim Joyce to talk to him about the the obstruction, obstruction call. call. And I want to touch on Armando Galarraga. Touch on Armando Galarraga, and he's oh, somebody opened the door right into his face. They knocked him out. Who is that? Hey guys, I got the burritos. Comes the Jim Joyce interview, huh? I wouldn't know. Actually. We wouldn't know, Phil. You've already ruined it. Carne asada. Citizens of Podcast Town, this brings to the close another sports. 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 Podcast. Unfortunately, the last weird sport went a little long, and so the next weird sport got bumped. It'll yeah. have to come back next week. I was not planning on doing both stories, but you you all uh, seem to really enjoy Jack The crowd Kakao. was clamoring for another weird sport. It's okay. Uh, let's not forget Jack. Jack looking. before Jack Almacaca right. also had a pretty good story. I talked to the weird sport waiting in the green room. He understands. Okay. Yeah. Phew. And he'll be back next week. Absolutely. That's That's a relief. Phil, give us our contact information. You can email us at sports, sports, sports podcast at gmail.com. That's sports, sports, sports podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at sports, the number three podcast. That's at sports, the number three podcast. You can find us on Facebook by searching sports, sports, sports podcast, your little top bar thingy. You can find us on Stitcher Radio. Go to stitcher.com today and download the Stitcher app and search sports, sports, sports podcast. You can find us on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash comedy pod net to see all of our back episodes and watch me play Tecmo Super Bowl as the 1991 Detroit Lions. You can find us on iTunes by searching sports the number three space podcast at sports the number three all one word space podcast while you're there please rate and review and for all of our back episodes go to comedypodcastnetwork.com
I think that was probably my most flawless delivery of uh, the. Well, oh, you it, had so many good ones. I feel like no, that one was but good. here's the thing: it was really close. But I'm just I'm looking into the waiting room, and Jim Joyce is in there. Oh, okay. Uh, and I, I mean, all of us thought that that was a perfect delivery, but Jim yeah. Joyce is saying that you were out on your last syllable. I have no which, frame of reference. I mean, that's that's crazy, right? I mean, that's a terrible call, but th- there it is. Not, not a perfect set of contact contact information. Oh well, lights off. You have received this transmission from the Comedy Podcast Network. For more shows, visit comedypodcastnetwork.com.